Okay, good morning today, Shavua Tov. Today's daf is daf Yud Tes. Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas. Oracle Bars Gershom, Eliyahu Ben Leon, Elek Ben Fivish, and Rachel Tova Bas Daniel Ber. May their memory be a blessing and may the Nashamas have an Aliyah. Um, okay, so I'm going to go from the second line on 19a. The Gemara is discussing, and uh, remember the mission was discussing going to Mikvah for you or your Kalim on Shabbos or Yom Tov. So now we're just going to discuss another aspect of that. Tanu, yeah, and just to make the next sugya easier, okay, we're discussing a kli, a utensil, but remember, they used to have to, if they became tome or their clothes or their or their cooking utensils, whatever their items became tome, they would have to uh, purify them. So here we're discussing, um, yeah, so so that's just to bear in mind. And then the second point is most tumors, even if they put in, even if you would put, let's say, guys, shirt became tome, even if you would put it in the mikvah, when does it, you need harev shemesh, you need the sun to set, you need, um, before it becomes properly tahor. So interesting enough, if you only put the shirt in the mikvah at 9 at night, you're going to have to wait till the following night. If you put it in at uh, 4 in the afternoon, you're only going to have to wait till sunset. Um, so that's uh, important to remember for the next sugya. So he says, Tonra Borad, Klisha Nitma Me'erev Yom Tov Einmat Bilinosov Einashmoshos. A kli that became Tomei on Erev Yom Tov, you're not allowed to put it in the mikvah by Nashmoshos. Rabbi Shimon Shazuri, Omer Af Bechol Einmat Bilinosov. Even in the weekday, you're not allowed to put it in the mikveh. Because you need this harev shebesh. And someone putting their, putting their shirt in at around sunset at Beinash Moshos is not going to realize that he actually, it's not good enough today. Granted, he put it in today. He's only, since Beinash Moshos is a sofeg, whether it's today or the following day, he's only going to be allowed to use it or treat it as tahor the following night. So that's why, so never mind, you're not allowed to do it on Yom Tov. That's easy for us because you should have done it. Um, um, you, you should have done it on uh, Erev Yom Tov. It became Toma and Erev Yom Tov. But Rabbi Shimon Shazori says, no, actually, there's a Zaira that on no day are you allowed to put it in Beinash Moshas. Of a Tanakama Loiboy Harev Shemesh. Does the Tanakama not re- require the sun to set? Harev Shemesh. Okay, the Tanakama said you can put it in uh, Mikvah Benash Moshos, but what would be, it sounds, and then Rabbi Shibun Shezuri says, no, you need Harev Shemesh, so we don't allow people to put it in at Benash Moshos. Um, So why, like, why would the Tanakhama not require Harav Shemesh? So Amarava, no, Ishkachin to the Rabbanon the Beirav, the Yosvivakamri. I came across across the Talmidim of the Yeshiva of Rav. They were sitting and saying, "B'machshavosoni keres." Oh, yeah, they were explaining it as follows: I the Machloikes, Rabbi Shimon 
And Tanakame is based on the following discussion. They were arguing where his intent was clear from his actions. So what's the case? He was holding his atom, his clothes or his kalim or his utensils that he needed to put in the mikvah. And he was running, hurrying to put it, to put it in the mikvah. Mar sovar the koroid for Azul Bayri Yoda the boy Harev Shemesh. The one opinion says, oh, the Tanakama. But the fact that he's rushing shows that he knows he's got to get it there before sunset. Otherwise, why is he rushing? He'd just walk normally. Umar sovar machbas melochtahu the koroid. And the other opinion says, no, that, maybe that's not why he's running. Maybe the reason he's running is because he's got a lot to do. It's Erev Yom Tov. He's got to finish getting ready. He's got to go to Shul. So that's why he's rushing. So again, if you say that you can determine his intent based on his actions, ah, he's hurrying, he knows about Harev Shemesh, he knows it has to be before sunset, and therefore if he arrives at the mikvah and sees that the sun has already set, that it's a bit late, he's not going to worry, he's not going to put it in mikvah, he's going to wait till, and he'll, or he'll, he'll put it in mikvah, but he'll wait till the following night. Or if it's Yom Tov, he won't put it in the mikvah, because you're not allowed to put it in the mikvah on Yom Tov. Um... But if he's if you don't hold that, then you could just say this guy's rushing or any person for some other reason, and they don't know this halacha, and that's the concern. That if they don't know the halacha, they're going to put it in the mikvah thinking, oh, it's late afternoon, and they're not going to know that they have to wait till the following night to use it. So that's the that's what the discussion is. Yeah, and that's of um, Ma'ina So this was, remember, Rava said, again, we had this question. That Rabbi Shimon Shizuri says, you can't even put it in the mikvah bein hashmoshos on a weekday because you need Harev Shemesh, which sounds like the Chachomim Tanakama don't need Harev Shemesh. So Rava found these group of students in the yeshiva, and this is how they explained it. And no, we're not discussing the normal... Everyone agrees you need Harev Shemesh. They're basically discussing, can you work out his intent? Does he know that he needs Harev Shemesh? So says, No, if, it was, if you could work out his intent from his actions, everyone would agree, that's fine. Keep Ligi where they're arguing, it's more, slightly more complicated. It became Tome from less than a lentil size. I, we know that they, they shrots him that when they did, they transmit tumor. And there's a stringency in their tumor that even a tiny lentil size of them transmits tumor. Um, now, he says, So he came for us, the Kaime, the Rabbonne, la Shuyule, Bepochos, Mikadose, Itmi, Olo. And he comes before the scholars and he wants to know. So he's run to his rav and he says, I've got this shirt. A tiny drop of uh, sheret touched it. Less than a kadasha. Is it Tomei or not? That's what the question that this person is asking. Now, Mar, Gomer, Harev Gomer. says, Oh, by the fact that he doesn't know this halacha. Um, he obviously also doesn't, or he unlikely, he knows the halacha of that it requires sunset. Umar Sovar, no. Who deloy gomir, harev shemesh gomir. It's just this halacha that he doesn't know, It's hard, but that it has to have sunset, he does know. 
I, okay, so how does this help us explain the Machlokas? According to the Tanakhama that we allow him to go to the weak, what, again, what's the case? This person comes to the Rav and says, is this shirt which had less than a lentil size of Sheretz touch it, is it Tomei? So he's come to ask that question. Now, according to the Tanakhama, well, okay, if he doesn't know, if he knows that aloha, fine, good. He doesn't know that aloha, but he knows that it needs sunset. So he can let him go put it in the mikvah, and he'll know that he has to wait till the following night. Whereas Rabbi Shimon Shizuri says no. But the fact that he doesn't know this halacha, he also doesn't know the halacha that it requires Harav Shemesh, and therefore we have to tell him, no, you can't put it in mikvah now, because he's going to go put it in mikvah now and think that he that he can use it straight away, whereas he actually has to wait for the following night. I'm just interested, why would he know the one halacha? Why would he know that it needs sunset, but he would not know that necessarily that it needs, uh, um, that that a less than a lentil size, so Rashi points out. Because this halacha that you need to wait till sunset is actually befeirush in the Chumash, is explicit in the Chumash. Whereas the halacha that even a lentil size of sheret um, is, is learnt out from a drosha, so it's not explicit. So that's why, maybe he doesn't know that halacha, but he does know Harev Shemesh. Okay, so that's the, um, that's the discussion there. Again, exactly why would they argue and going to mikv- uh, putting something in the mikvah at around sunset. Okay, then we move on to the next case in the Mishnah. The last two cases of the Mishnah were quite, uh, what's a cryptic? The Mishnah was discussing, can you put something in the mikvah on Shabbos Yom Tov? And it says, it basically comes out that um, you're not allowed to. Don't want to go into the details now. But it says, but you can matbilin mi gavlagav from one purpose to the other. And the second case, and also mechabura lechabura from one group to another. So you generally can't put something into the mikvah, go to mikvah, but from one purpose to the other, you can, or from one group to the other, you can. So what's, what is that referring to? So that's in the Gemara, Ton Rabbon, in case of Gav, the rabbis told, what does it mean, Mikav Gav? From one purpose to another. So this is not. Haroid selasos giso al gabe kado al kado al gabe giso oise. Well, yeah, let me go back a second. Someone basically did filler to use these items in his olive press. And now he's changing his mind and he wants to use it in his wine press. So what's troubling him, maybe his intent was for an olive press when he went to mikvah. When he put these items in the mikvah, so he has to go to mikvah again to use it for the wine press. That is unnecessary. And as we'll see, that's not necessary. If you've done fillet, it's a good fillet. It works for the olive press and it works for the wine press. So this, that he wants to come along and do it tovel at a second time, is unnecessary. It doesn't help anything. And therefore, the Mishnah is saying he's allowed to do that on Yom Tov. Okay, you would not be allowed to do it on Yom Tov when it affects a change, when it changes it from Tomei to Tahor. You can't use it to you can use it. That's when the Mishnah is a problem. But in this case, you can use it either way. You're not really improving anything. Therefore, you're allowed to do it. Let's see that inside. It says, What's considered from one purpose to another? It says, he had made it filler for his kado, for his wine press, for his olive press, and now he wants to change it for his wine press, or the other way around, to kado al kavagiso, oise, he's allowed to do that on Yom Tov. Interestingly enough, if there's no point, why would he want to do it anyway? We say the whole reason he's allowed to do it on Yom Tov, because he doesn't have to do it. Okay, you're not allowed to put something in the mikveh if it helps it, if it improves it. 
But here you're not improving anything, so you're allowed to. So that's the question. I'll go back. Um, and it seems there might be some humor or something that people felt better about doing it, but I'm not sure. But at the end of the day, it's mutar because it doesn't serve any purpose. Then we say, What's considered you allowed to do a tefillah to go from one group to the other? Again, a very along the similar lines, we're going to say, you would have thought that maybe you want to do a second tefillah to do something with a second group. And since that second tefillah is unnecessary, so you don't achieve anything, so you're allowed to do it on Shabbos and Yom Tov. So he says, Kaitsa mi chabura ma chabura, he says, Hoya oichel b'chabura, zu v'ratza le oichel b'chabura acheres, han shus b'yado. The case is, if someone wanted to eat his korban pesach with this group, and then he, ch- and he went to mikveh so that he could eat his korban pesach with that group, and then he changes his mind and decides he wants to join a different group, he's allowed to do that. So again, he went to Mikvah to eat with group A. And he thought, oh, well actually I want to eat with group B a better go to mikveh again. And we're saying that no. He doesn't have to go to mikveh again. He was, uh, he's, uh, and therefore, by the fact he doesn't have to go to mikveh again, if he does go to mikveh, he's not doing anything, so he would be allowed to do that on Yom Tov. What's very hard about this is, difficult about this is you generally, you're only allowed to switch Korban Pesach generally, if it's for an improvement, if, if, if it's before the Korban Pesach has been shechted, because remember you have to be counted, um, count, you have to be counted as part of the as part of the Korban Pesach. So when is this that you want to go to mikvah on Yom Tov that you would be allowed to switch um, Korban Pesach? It's, uh, yeah, I'm not sure of the answer to that. Okay, let's go on to the next Mishnah. Okay, so this Mishnah is going to discuss what Korbanos can be offered on Yom Tov. Remember, we know that generally you're allowed to do things for food. And that would include shchita, which is one of the primary things of an avoider. Um, but a korban, as we'll see, korban, a korban might be a slightly different discussion. Because um, a lot of it's burnt on the Mizbah, not all of it, etc. And then just as a note, we're going to be primarily discussing two types of korbanos. The one is an ola, a burnt offering. Now remember, burnt offering is less likely to be permitted on Yom Tov because it's completely burnt on the Mizbech. It's not for the purpose of eating. The other type of Korban we're going to be discussing is a Shlom. And there are different categories of each of them. We'll just see that when we get to them in the Gemara. The second type of Korban we're going to discuss is a Shlomim. A Shlomim, the owners would get most of the Korban to eat. So already you can see why on Yom Tov there's more chance you can check the Shlomim. Because the shlomim actually gets eaten on Yom Tov. So, and as we know, things for food are generally muta. So that's what we're going to discuss. It's Beishama Oimri may be in shlomim va'in soimchim aleyem avalo oilos. Beishama say, you can bring a korban shlomim, but you can't do smicha, but you cannot offer an oila, a burnt offering. Just back a step, what is smicha? So smicha is before just about all personal offerings, the owner would lean on the animal. And he'd basically lean on it to the degree that he'd just about lift himself up, leaning on the animal. Now the problem with that is we know you're not allowed to use an animal. You're not allowed to lean on an animal on Shabbos or Yom Tov, you know, just as you're not allowed to ride an animal. So when this person wants to do smicha, I say he can't. 
say no, he can bring Shlomim and he can lean on them. He can do smich on Yom Tov, but not burnt offerings. Sorry, I went back a line. He can bring Shlomim and burnt offerings and lean on them. So he doesn't have any of the issues above. Um, interesting, that's so just what do we see? By Shammai hold, you can bring, uh, from a simple reading of the Mishnah, by Shammai hold, you can bring um, Shlomim, both hold, you can bring Shlomim. The Machloikis is, can you do Smicha? Can you lean on it? And the Machloikis is regarding Oilos burnt offering. And the second Machloikis is, by Silal say, you can bring Oilos burnt offerings, and by Shammai say, you can't. Now, Omar Ula, Ula says, wait, we're going to hear, Ula is going to specify specific types of korbanos. Now, it says, The Machloikes is specifically with the Shalmei Chagiga. There's a special obligation to bring a korban Chagiga on the festival. So he says, that's the korban. When, when Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai say you're allowed to bring a korban Shlomim, it's not any Shlomim. It's specifically the Shlomim that's supposed to be brought on Yom Tov. Lismoch. And again, the Machloikis is, can you do smicha on that specific type of shlomim? And the question is, a burnt offering, but not just any burnt offering. There's an obligation when you go up to the Beis Hamikdash on the three festivals to not appear empty-handed. I to bring oilas as korbonos. That we learn out from the Posuk, which says, We say it in the Musaf davening. You'll see it on Sukkot. You'll recognize it now. We say, You shall not appear before Hashem empty-handed. I you bring oilas with you. You bring oilas. You bring, well, animals to offer as oilas. So now again, when we, when Beis Hillel said, you can offer an oil on Yom Tov, they weren't speaking about any Oila, they were speaking about Oilas Re'ia, this offering that's supposed to be brought when you come up to the temple. Um, yeah. The Beishamai Sovri Vachagoisem Oisel Chagla Hashem. Beishamai says the Possuk says you'll offer a Chagla Hashem, Chagiga in Oila Re'ia law. That Possuk's telling me you can offer a Chagiga on the Yom Tov, but not. And Ola, because it speaks about the Chagiga, the Chagoisem. Ubeisil sovri law, la Hashem, called the la Hashem. Beisil also know the Pasuk says, la Hashem. You can offer any korban that is all these offerings to Hashem, it includes an Ola. It says, Aval Nadorim Benadavos, but what about voluntary offerings? I, we're not speaking about the Chagiga and the Re'ia, which have a level of you're obligated to bring them when you come up to the festival on Yom Tov. We're discussing. Um, um, voluntary offerings. Ah, you can choose to offer a korban to Hashem. What, and it says, You are not allowed to offer them on Yom Tov. So to Rav Adabar says, You're not allowed to offer voluntary offerings on Yom Tov. So Ullah's qualified the Mishnah quite a lot. On the surface, it sounded like the Mishnah held you could offer any Shlomim and the Machloikes by Shama and Beisila was, can you do Zmecha? And the Machloikes was, and then the second Machloikes was, Beisila held you could offer an Oila, and Beisama held you can't. Ula comes along and says, no, no, no. The whole, this, you're never allowed to offer, in general, you would not be allowed to offer a Korban. It's specific Korbanos that we're discussing. The Chagigat, that is a Korban to Hashem for your, to be offered on Yom Tov, that's what they argue, can you do Zmecha? They both agree you can offer that. And, the Euler's Re'ia is the Euler they're discussing. Beis Hillel holds it's included. 
in the heter to bring a chagiga, and by Shammai say you can't even offer the oileria. But voluntary offerings, you definitely would not be allowed to. So Macy, they they challenge this. Amar Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar lo nechleku be Shammai be Silal oile sheino shel yomto sheino krevi yomto be Shammai be Silal. Don't argue regarding an oila that is not connected to the festival, that you're not allowed to offer it on Yom Tov. Aye? It is neither an obligation, Rashi points out, it is neither an obligation of that day, or, sorry, one second, just one minute. Um, Yom Tov, um, sorry, let me go back. An oila that is not to be offered on Yom Tov, you're not allowed, that is not connected to Yom Tov, you're not allowed to offer it on Yom Tov. So this is the oila re'ir. The festival oila is connected, so it's any other oila. And none of it is to be eaten. It has, Rashi points out, tarti le'isur, it has two reasons to forbid it. It has no connection to Yom Tov. So you can't come along and say, well, I have to offer it on Yom Tov. And it's not eaten, so you can't say, well, I'm going to offer it because for food anyway it's permitted. And secondly, on a shlomim that is for Yom Tov, that it can be offered on Yom Tov, either Chagiga, the Machloikis is specifically regarding a burnt offering that is for Yom Tov, the Oilus Re'ir, and a shlomim that is not for Yom Tov. Shebei Shama Omrim Lo Yovi, Bei Shama say you're not allowed to bring it, Ube Yisrael Omrim Yovi, Bei say you are allowed to bring it. But now according to this, what a Bei holds you can bring? Any shlomim, it doesn't have to be the shlomim that are specific for the festival. Any shlomim, you were, you had an amazingly successful business deal, so you said, I'm going to bring a shlomim to Hashem. Now you go up to the festival and you want to offer that on Yom Tov. You go up to the Beis Amidash for Sukkot and you want to offer it on Yom Tov. Can you do that? Beis Hillel seemed to say yes, which is against Ula who said, no, you can never offer voluntary offerings on Yom Tov, even shlomim. So the Gemara answers Torets for Emahachi. Edit the Brisa to read as follows. Quite a, if you think about that, it's quite a strong thing we're saying. Oh, you've got a kasher on your opinion. Well, you've got the wrong text. I mean, generally, you'd expect him to say, well, from logic, you better uh, fix it. But here he's saying, no, you have the wrong text of the Brisa. And this is how he says. He says, Do not argue regarding oilers and shlamim that are not for Yom Tov. That you're not allowed to offer them on Yom Tov. Ah, oh, so the Dorim and the Dovas are not for Yom Tov. They can't be offered on Yom Tov. That fits in. Let's just finish how we caress it. Va'al shlomim shahin shal Yom Tov. Shekrevim Yom Tov. A shlomim that is for Yom Tov can be offered on Yom Tov. Amar nechleku al oile shehi shal Yom Tov. Shebei shama omrim lo yevi o beisil omrim yovi. Specifically regarding the oila that is for Yom Tov. The oila shreia. That's where Beishamai and Beishil argue. Now, Rav Yos, so that's the one way of fixing it according to Ula. So again, just remember, Ula came along and said, you're not allowed to offer any Shlomim or Oilos on Yom Tov. The discussion would be ones that are specifically for Yom Tov. I, Nadarim v'nadovos, voluntary offerings you're not allowed to. We brought a price which seemed to imply, no, you are allowed to offer voluntary offerings. And we said, no, you have to kind of move the comma and connect the one phrase to the previous phrase to say that you're not allowed to. So we edited the price to fit with Ula. Rav Yosef Omar, Tanaisha Kaltama Alma, what? You're just going to chuck, just to fit your opinion, you're going to kick Tanoim out of the world. You're going to take Tanoim out of the world. I, we see that there's a Machloikes Tanoim. 
And it's fine for Ulla to say what he said because he fits in with other Tanoim. And this price is also correct because it fits in with a different set of Tanoim. Let's see that inside. And now we're going to see it in the following price. that is brought on you can offer the korban on Yom You can offer them on Yom Okay, so that's uh, Shlomim for the festival. On the festival, both Beis Shammai and Beis Hill agree you can do it. Ava on the Dorim Venedovas, Divra call and Kremim Yomtov, but voluntary offerings should definitely offer um, on Yomtov. So Ulla would be following this opinion. You don't have to fix the text of the previous price. The previous price, which discusses that actually you might be allowed to offer a Shlomim, a regular Shlomim, is fine. That's one opinion. Ulla follows the second opinion. Okay, now we just try to fix the, fit this in with another discussion. He says, Vahani Tanai, Kahani Tanai. This Machloikas Tanaim is like the following Machloikas Tanaim. Titania, as we learned in a Bryce. Ein Mevim Toida Bechaga Matzos, Mimnei Chomets. You're not allowed to bring a Korban Toida on Pesach because of the Chomets Shebo, because of the Korban Chomets. Uh, what is a Korban Toida? So primarily, if Four things happen to a person. Remember, he crosses the sea, the desert, he recovers from a dangerous illness or an illness, and he um, illness, or he's released from, uh, from uh, prison. And might even have been any time a person was feeling thankful to Hashem. Don't remember that. But you'd bring a Korban Toida. And part of the Korban Toida, I think it counts, it's not counted as part of the festival Shlomim. Because remember, it could really be brought any time. So it's not part of the festival Shlomim, but so that's that's why it would fall into the category of Nadorim and Nadovas, voluntary offerings. Um, so that's the Toida. And part of the Toida, you'd bring forty loaves of of bread with it. Four different and four different types. Three of the types were types of matzah, but the one type was chomet. So the Brisa says you cannot bring a korban toida on Chaga Matzos because of the Chomet. You're not allowed to bring it on the on Shavuos because Shavuos is Yomtev. I just so what do we see? Just straight away we see you're not allowed to bring a Nador, Nador, uh, you're not allowed to bring a Shlomim that is not connected to the festival on the festival. That's what we see from the second clause. It says Aval maybe Odom but you can bring it on Chagasukas. Now just when would you say on Chagasukas you can? Obviously we must be speaking about Cholamoid Sukas. Why? Because the Tanakama came along and said you can't offer it on Shvurs because of Yom Tov, but you can offer it on Sukkot. Can't be saying on Yom Tov of Sukkot, it must be saying on uh, on uh, on Cholamoid, which is going to create a problem, we'll see. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Hareo Omer, Bechaga Masus, Bechaga Shvurs, Bechaga Sukkot. It connects Pesach, Shuas, and Sukkot together. Kol Shepo Bechag HaMatzos, Bo Bechag HaShuas, Bechag HaSukkot. Anything that could be offered on Pesach can be offered on Shuas and Sukkot. And Kol Shepo Bechag HaMatzos, Enobol Bechag HaShuas, Bechag HaSukkot. Anything that could not be offered on Pesach cannot be offered on Shuas and Sukkot. I, you cannot offer this Korban Toida on Sukkot just as you can't offer it on Pesach. Rebeloza, a third opinion. Rebeloza, Rebbe Shimon, I mean, maybe Adam Toida, Bechag 
you can bring your toida on your thanksgiving offering on Sukkot and you can fulfill your obligation because of Simcha but not because of Chagiga. We've just introduced a third Korban, uh, another type of Korban. When a person, I'll just categorize it different to highlight them. When a person goes up to the Beis Amigdash for the festival, there are actually three Korbanos that he has to bring with him. One is the Oilus Re'ia, the burnt offerings that we've discussed. Those and learnt out from the Basak. A second one is the Chagiga. It's a mitzvah to offer a korban um, for Yom Tov and to eat that korban as part of your Yom Tov celebrations. That's the Ikar, that's the key. When we speak about Simchas Yom Tov, the key is eating this korban Chagiga. However, sometimes it would be a large group of people and the Chagiga would not suffice. So there's a third category of korbanos called Shalmei Simcha. And that's a more generic korban. That's, it's not a specific obligation. It's an obligation to enjoy Yom Tov by eating sacrificial meat. So if you're going to be eating a Chagiga, that's fine. But what happens if there's not Chagiga, then you have to come along and bring Shalmei Simcha. So that's this Third category. So, your korban toida, he's saying, can fulfill your obligation for shalmei, um, for shalmei simcha. Again, it is eating. If you offer this korban toida on sukkahs and you eat from its flesh, you offer filling the mitzvah of simcha's yom tov. You're enjoying it, so that's fine. You can be yotze. But the chagiga is an actual obligation. You have to bring a separate korban as your chagiga. Now. Now we're going to analyze this price. So, we said you're not allowed to bring a korban toida on Pesach because part of it is chometz. Shit, that's obvious. Obviously, you're not allowed. To, as I said, 10 of the loaves of the korban toida are actual chometz. So obviously, you can't bring it on Pesach. Why do we need the prices? It's no Omar Avada Bered Rav Yitzchak Va'omilav Shmuel Bar Abba Hacha Ba'arba Osor Askinan We're actually discussing Erev Pesach The Kosovar and this opinion Now Erev Pesach in the morning You're allowed to eat Chomet So you might think I can bring my Toida in the morning of Erev Pesach No, the Kosovar This opinion holds Ain may be in Kodshu Lebeis Apsul you can't make kochim become possible earlier I, Different Korbanos have different time frames which to eat them if you're not allowed to do a korban in a way that cuts the time frame you're allowed to eat it in earlier, because then you're more, excuse me, you're more likely to have leftover of that korban, which is possible, invalidates it. So, so here you would not be allowed to bring your korban toda on the morning of erev Pesach, because from midday onwards, or from you cut the time you can eat it. So you're more likely to make some of it possible. So that's what he's teaching. Never mind, you're not allowed to offer this Korban Toida on Pesach. You're not even allowed to offer it on Erev Pesach. Since then we mentioned in the price of Allah, you're not allowed to bring it on Yom Tov. We see that voluntary Korbanos, I ones that don't have a set time are not connected to Yom Tov, you cannot offer on Yom Tov. And then the next line of the price, Avel maybe Odom Todos of Chagasukas, you can bring your Toad on Chagasukas. Now, Ema, when, when on Sukas, Amos, when on Sukas are we speaking about? Ilaima be Yomtov at Smovahomart, Velobat Serish Nech Yomtov. If you want to say it's on Yomtov of Sukas, well, we just said that you can't offer this Korban Toida on Shvus because it's a Yomtov. So you obviously can't offer it on Yomtov of Sukas, Ela Bechula Shamoid, and must be on Cholamoid. 
But now we're going to run in trouble. He says, "V'rebi Shimon Omer Harei Oime B'Chagamatzos V'Chagatshuos V'Chagatsukas Kol Shebo B'Chagamatzos Bo B'Chagatshuos V'Chagatsukas V'Kol Shebo Sheloi Bo B'Chagamatzos Eino Bo B'Chagatshuos V'Chagatsukas." But wait, Rebbe Shimon came along and said it connects Pesach Shuos and Sukas. So any korban you could bring on Pesach, you can bring on Shuos and Sukas, and any korban you cannot bring on Pesach, you cannot bring on Shuos and Sukas. So now the time, so what's Rabbi in another way of phrasing what Rabbi Shimon saying is you can't offer this korban, um, you can't offer this korban on Cholamoid uh, Sukkot. Again, the first opinion came along and said you can't offer it on Cholamoid Sukkot. Rabbi Shimon's coming along and saying Rabbi Shimon Menelosor, sorry, who was it? Uh, Rabbi Shimon's coming along and saying you can't offer it on. Sukkahs must be saying you can't offer it on Cholamoid Sukkahs. So Matkif Lo Rebbe Zayi, Rebbe Zayi challenges this Hashta, Hashta Seleusei Nesaltinan, Nedorim Venedobos Miboy. We know you're allowed to gather wood. You can break branches of wood on Cholamoid for a fire or for Yom, for Cholamoid or for Yom Tov. You can't do it for another day, but you could do it for that, for Cholamoid or for Yom Tov. You're allowed to break wood. So obviously you're allowed to offer a korban on Yom Tov. On, on Cholamoid, sorry, on Cholamoid. She says, it doesn't make sense. Now, you've just explained it again by the fact that the Tanakhama, just to get the question clear, by the fact that Tanakhama comes along and says, you can offer the kor, you can offer the toida on Cholamoid Sukkot, and Rabbi Shimon gives us a special drosha to say, you can't offer it on Sukkot, must be on Cholamoid Sukkot. Now, that's very difficult because you're even allowed to pick wood to make a fire on Cholamoid Sukkot. You should definitely be allowed to offer a korban. So, Amr Abaya says, yeah. Offering the korban, everyone would agree allowed to do it on acher. The actual discussion, the actual argument here is balta acher. Oh, totally different discussion. We thought we were discussing offering korbanos. We're not discussing offering korbanos. We're discussing the isur of balta acher. I mean, it's connected to offering korbanos, but it's not. What's the isur of balta acher? If a person promises to bring a korban. He takes a vow or, an, or a neder or a dover, different types of vows to bring a korban. The Pasuk says, I don't remember the exact phrase, but it's along the lines of Lot He's not allowed to delay bringing it. Now, how long, at what point do you transgress delaying bringing it? Let's say I'm standing here today. Obviously, I'm saying this theoretical. We don't have a base amidash and I'm not consecrating anything. Don't get any funny ideas. But let's say I'm standing today in the times when we do have a base amidash in Johannesburg. And I say, you know, I promise I take a neder to bring, actually be a nedover, but to bring this sheep as a shlomim. Now, how long till I transgress? Don't delay bringing it. Is it one day, one week? So the Possek learns out from an extra phrase that it's connected to the festivals. And that's what we're going to see. The Machlokes here is, and it's going to explain in this price, it's actually the different times you have to before one trances, transgresses Balta Acher delaying to bring his Korban based on their different opinions. We'll see this Machlokes more clearly in Rosh Hashanah when we get there. I think it's in about a month or so. Um, I think Rosh Hashanah is the next Masechta. But just very briefly, so again, that's the point. As I said, it's counted, it's, there's an extra Pasuk, and it's connected to that. 
yeah, basically the paragraph in the Chumash, it goes through discussing Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot, and then it, it learns out, it brings in an extra, so on, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. It doesn't have to say that, because we've just been discussing them, so it learns from there. That's when the Isra about the Acher applies. So let's see how it says. So again, this, that we, we had a whole question if we thought we were discussing offering Korbanos on Cholamoid, because obviously you can offer a Korban on Cholamoid. The whole, the actual discussion here is when you transgress, the Tanakama holds you transgress as soon as three festivals have passed. So let's just work it out. Just for example, today I take a netter to bring a korban. So what's the next festival? Sukkot, then Pesach and Shavuos. As soon as Shavuos passes, I transgress that Isur. Verebi Shimon Safar. So, so that's, that's how they learn. So how do you read it? And that's why the Tanakhama says, if you're bringing your Korban Toda, offer it on Sukkot. Because Sukkot is the only time. Otherwise, you're going to have to make a special trip to Yerushalayim. Because you can't bring it on Pesach. Because of Chomet. You can't bring it on um, Shavuos. So you better offer it on Sukkot. Whether Sukkot is the next festival, two festivals away, or three festivals away, you better offer it on Sukkot. Otherwise, you'll transgress Rabbi Shimon holds no. You only transgress when the festivals have passed in order. I. What's the order of the festivals? What's beyond my um? is Pesach. So Pesach Shavuos Sukkot. So let's say I would take my neder to bring my korban now. A few days. What two days before Sukkot? So I'd still have Sukkot, and then and then Pesach Shavuos and Sukkot. So I'd actually have. Four festivals. If I took it before Shavuos, after Pesach before Shavuos, then I would have Shavuos, Sukkot, Pesach, Shavuos, Sukkot. Five festivals. If I took it just before Pesach, then I would only have three festivals. But again, it has to, you only transgress in order. So that's, that's Rabbi Shimon's opinion. And that's why he says, um, he says, yeah, so you only transgress after Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot have passed in order. So when he says, Kol Shebor, Bechag Hamatzos, he's saying, if he committed to bring it before Pesach, right? If it was supposed, to, if he could have brought, Kol Shebo, anything that could have been brought on Pesach, must be brought Pesach, Shavuos, or Sukkot. Must be brought on Shavuos, or Sukkot. Because that's his three festivals. That's how Rabbi Shimon learns. Where Rabbi Lozov, Rabbi Shimon, or maybe Adam Tadasa, Bechag HaSukkot. He holds, he must bring it on now, Amos, when is this? If you want to tell me you can bring it on, well, that's what the Tanakhama just told us. He must be telling us on Yom Tov, it must be that Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon is adding a, a, a point that you can also offer a neder or a dover on Yom Tov. But the Gemara then asks, wait. So, the Tanakhama said you have three festivals. Rabbi Shimon said you have three festivals in order. And we're saying that Rabbi Loz is arguing on the Tanakhama, saying that, no, not, we're not discussing three festivals in order. What we're discussing is, um, sorry, what, not the three festivals in order. It's, yo, it's actually, he's coming to teach that you can offer the Korban on Yom Tov. But then he says, Mashna Sukkot, to knock it. Well, then why are you speaking about Sukkot? Why is he telling me you can offer this 
Korban Torah on Sukkot. What about Shavuos? You can also offer it on Shavuos. Why does he mention Sukkot? No, Rabbi Lozab, Rabbi Shimon, the time. Rabbi Lozab, Rabbi Shimon is going according to his understanding. The Tanya, as we learned to Bryson, Rabbi Shimon, Oimer, Lo Yomar, Chaka, Sukkot, Sheboya, Kozumata, Ber, Lama, Neymar. Why does the Torah specify Sukkot? Again, in the discussion of Balta Acher, why does the Torah specify Sukkot? Because when it's already in that paragraph, so Rabbi Shimon says, Lama Nehmar, it says, Loima Shezeh Achron, because this is the last of the three festivals. Remember, Rabbi Shimon holds it has to be in order. Then Rabbi Loza, Rabbi Shimon, Oime Lama Shezeh Goyrem. Rabbi Loza says, no. Rabbi Loza, Rabbi Shimon learns differently to his father. He says, as soon as Sukkot passed, you transgress Balta Acher. It's got nothing to do with three festivals. It's as soon as Sukkot passed. So, let's leave it here in the Gemara for today, but just let's just summarize the three opinions of Balta Acher that we've seen. And then we'll just bring in the other point of Al Gomorrah. So we have the Tanakama holds you transgress Baltach. Again, if a person promises to bring a offering, how long does he have to pay it back before he transgresses this negative commandment of do not delay paying it back? The Tanakama holds three festivals in any order. So wherever you are, the next three festivals you have to pay it back by then. The Rebbe Shimon holds no, three festivals in order. You have to pass a Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. In order, as we said, it could sometimes work out that you have five festivals before you transgress Baltacher. And Rabbi Eloza, Rabbi Shimon holds, no, it's not three festivals, it's not got to do, it's just Sukkot. As soon as, if it's two days before Sukkot, you have, well, let's, we can work out exactly is it till the end of Sukkot, the middle of Sukkot, but let's just say you have until Sukkot to pay it back. If it's a month before Sukkot, you have a month before Sukkot. If it's just after Sukkot, you have almost a full year. Nothing to do with the different festivals, but only to do with Sukkot. And that, and tied into that, Machlokas, and while we came onto this discussion, was remember we mentioned, we were discussing, based on our Mishnah, what Korbonos are you allowed to offer on the festival? And Ula said you definitely, Ula was following one time, we seem to have two main tenoi, are you allowed to offer a neder on a dog of a shlomim on Yom Tov? The reason would be to say yes is that you can eat the meat on Yom Tov. The reason to say no, I guess, is, is you don't need to offer it on Yom Tov. You can offer it on any other day. So it's not connected to Yom Tov. So you would not be allowed to offer it on Yom Tov. Um, but that's a machlokes tonight. Okay, we'll leave it there for today and I'll see you tomorrow.